Let's lean into the scriptures, please. Everybody say baptize. Okay? Baptize means to plunge, to immerse, to sink. It means to wash, to be immersed. Everybody say immerse. This is the... uh, the most common definition is the most biblical idea to immerse. We believe in water baptism by immersion. Now, that doesn't mean that if you're in a scenario where all you could get is water sprinkled on you, that it doesn't count. We don't believe water baptism is magic. But we do believe in, as, as, as best as we are able, following biblical models. And the model that we see in Scripture is immersion. Again, it's not a, we don't need to get too worked up about it. I don't, I'm not, we wouldn't be of the camp that says if you're not totally submerged that you're not totally saved. Hey guys, how you doing? Listen, there's plenty of room. You don't have to sit all the way in the back. You're not like, you're not outcasts. You're incasts. Yeah, welcome. Keep clapping till they find a place to sit down. You're going to get it now. Keep clapping. Come on right here. Pastor Jim wants you to sit by him. Here we go. You can't do that here. Can't sneak in, sit in the back. That's like me trying to sneak in, Ray. Everybody sees me. Okay, immersion. How many of you were baptized? You were all the way immersed, just dunked, sunk down in there. Just for fun, anybody have a part of your, your background, your history is you got water poured on your head or something like that, okay? You got not, yeah, you got, you, you both, the Zephs went a couple of rounds, no, I remember jamming you down in there, Doc. So, uh, yeah, we had a, it was a Sunday night, and we were baptizing people, and Dr. Zeff starts disrobing, Doc, coming down the aisle. Here I come. <laughs> Hold on. Keep some of that on. The idea, the, the, what is communicated in the act is what, is so important why we immerse because of what is what is presented what we see uh to be it means to be immersed it means to be overwhelmed would you say that with me overwhelmed it literally means to be absolutely overwhelmed by a substance if you will now in this case it's water and in and in the biblical pattern People are overcome by this water. And again, there's nothing particularly uh, magic about the water. But it always had tremendous symbolism. Always did. Uh, uh, it didn't begin with the, apost- the apostles. Uh, water baptism was practiced by uh, many in Judaism. It was part of a religious, it was a part of kind of a religious rite. It was a symbol. And it always communicated this idea that people were transitioning from, well, let me, a couple of layers. They transitioned from, a, from one part of a community to a, to, into a new community. Uh, and, it, and, it, and it was this idea that initially it was this, that it looked, it looked like bathing, but it wasn't just a bath. It was, it was a cleansing from, from sin. It was a cleansing from a, a, a former way of life. It was a, a rite of purification. It was part of what they did. It involved a change in identity and a birth into a new community. 
But as the church launched, they, they, they incorporated this thing that was practiced by, by the radical Jewish community. They incorporated it and to include this idea of repentance. In other words, they said that there had to come a time, a, a place where you drew a line to say, this far and no further, this far, we, there's a change in my life. Someone say a change. And, 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 and here's the thing that I'm, I'm, I'm mildly concerned about. By the way, I want to just thank, this, this crazy tank was actually in storage or above the storage, Jay. And uh, yesterday, Jay came here and got it off of the storage unit and washed it out and started filling it with water. And he's really been working to try to get this thing just right today. And uh, we'll see. Tonight, we're going to give it a good whirl and see how far it goes. But thank you, Jay, again for all that you do. Yeah. get a little concerned um, that water baptism is just has sometimes become just one more thing people do just to do something religious-y and, I, and I'll, I'll be honest with you we've had some experiences in this house people that we have said yeah we'll you know they say we want to be baptized in water and we talk with them about what that means and they and to be candid I mean, people get baptized in water and I never see them again and I'm thinking I'm not so sure you knew what you were just doing. Because it's not something that, you know, you say, oh, I got water baptized, you know, I'm in. <laughs> you know, or, hey, I checked that off the mark, or, you know, it's, that's on my, it's not something that should just be on your bucket list. You know, someday I want to get baptized. <laughs> put, it on, put it on social media, you know. Uh, it, it, it's supposed to be something very significant. It means a transition. It means Furthermore, it, it, it seems to have meant a public confession, this idea of, of publicly identifying with the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Publicly saying, I identify with him who died for me and was ri- ri- raised, raised for me, and I die to my former way of life, and I accept, I embrace, I surrender to his life. I identify that I am raised with him and my real life is with him. And I seek the life. And I look forward to, in fact, being raised again. It is all, all of these things. Because people want to say, well, is it this or is it that? The answer is yes. It's all of those things. Uh, identity. It's used but the idea is, that, and that's one of the reasons why we believe it's important, and I would just say important that you practice it by immersion. Again, I want to be careful. Not required, not, you know, no one, you're not going to get to heaven, and then the Lord's going to say, now listen, were you all the way under? Or, because I, you know, that's going, to, that's, going to, that's going to, you know, impact the degree of your experience here. How far, because if that were true, leave me under. <laughs> But there is something powerfully symbolic that is intentionally symbolic for us. Because it's also used, particularly as we move forward into the book of Acts, water baptism is also used as a comparison, if you will, and a contrast, both, for spirit baptism. It is 
it is, it, is, it is compared to and then contrasted to. You know, how is that possible? Well, it starts off with, with uh, John the Baptist. Are we on, where are you, younger? Are you filming this? Okay, because I can walk around and not feel self-conscious about it. Okay, I don't want to get in trouble by Jay again for moving around. Okay. It starts off with John the Baptist saying, I baptize you with water for repentance. People said, yeah, we get that. We, we've been doing that. You know, all you weirdos came from the desert getting in water. Us too. He said, I baptize you with, with water for repentance. But there is one who is coming. And then he says, who is mightier than I. So the dis- there's a, right away there's a distinction John the Baptist gives us uh, between he and the Lord Jesus. That what would, be dis- that would, what would make there, that a distinction with the Lord Jesus is that he would be a, a mighty one. Who was he was mighty. Who I can't wait. It's two, two, three more weeks. Oh, I can't wait. Are you excited? I'm excited. Part of our Christmas message, when we get to mighty God, his name shall be called mighty God. Do you know? Where's my geeks? Over here. The geek section. Okay. You, you move out of the way. Just right here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Kim Ducks. All right. Okay. Do you know? Do you know? Do you know? That is the closest thing to him having a superhero name. Right. I'm so exciting. You know already. Google. Okay. Anyway, we'll get to there. Okay, but he says, one who's coming who is mightier than I. Everybody say mighty. mighty. And this was what they were to expect. I mean, that you got this mighty one. In other words, if the Jesus that you're loving and serving isn't a mighty one, you, you, you need to reevaluate the Jesus you're serving. You need to take a fresh look at him. I'm not saying you're not serving him. I'm just saying you're only looking at him with, with half an eye. If he's just a gentle shepherd, sweet fella, you're, you're missing the fullness of Jesus. Because the one they were expecting was mighty. That's why, I, I, this isn't in our notes at all, but this is why, this is why John the Baptist's disciples, they said, oh, John, they, they came to Jesus and they said, that, 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 that. John wants us to know, are you the one or should we keep looking? Are you the one we have been expecting or should we keep looking? And Jesus said, will you tell John what you see? You tell them that blind eyes are open, that deaf ears are open, that the lame are walking, and that, and that people are receiving my message gladly. The poor are hearing this good news. You tell them, you tell them mighty things are happening. That's the answer. And I'm going to say this, church, as lo- if we're not, if that's not the kind of Jesus that we're experiencing, then we should keep looking. And I don't mean keep shopping. I mean lift up our eyes and begin to expect something different. How's your expectometer? Come on, Merry Christmas. Let's churn up your expectometer a little bit. How many are just, just about done with a routine? Just about finished with just business as usual? How many are ready for it is for it to be like it is in the book? It's, it, it's going to depend on you, friends. It's going to depend upon you. Nobody can make this happen. We, this is not a presentation church. We, do not, we, we don't cook up a casserole and serve it to you. You come with your expectometer and you lay hold of Jesus. You lay hold of his garment. You let that virtue flow into your life. You say, if I can just touch his garment, I'll never be the same. If there can be three or four or ten of you that will come every Sunday with that, kind of ad- with that kind of expectancy, you'll be changed. This place will never be the same. This town will never be the same. But it's got to, you got to do this, friends. You've got to bring that expectancy with you. You've got to say, ah, i got to have me some of that mighty one. 
You got to have that. You, I can't do it for you. Look, I can pray five hours in the Holy Ghost, and I do, but I can't do it for you, but you can. You can bring your expectometer and lay hold of him. Well, this isn't at all in our notes. <laughs> Water baptism. I didn't really change the subject. Water baptism is a comparison to, but a contrast with. So John the Baptist started this, and he said, he said, is that the right? I don't want to get in trouble. Uh, He said, one who is coming who is mightier. One more time, mightier. I baptize you with water, one who is coming who is mightier. I'm not even worthy to to untie his shoes. So mighty, (laughs) so wonderful, so blessed, so amazing is this one. I'm not even worthy to, I can't even untie his shoes. I can't, I'm not even worthy to take the lowest form of service to this one who's coming. And he, this mighty one, he will baptize you. With the Holy Spirit. See, so he's saying, same type of experience. You're going to be immersed. Baptism means immersion. Let me start over. It means to plunge, it means to immerse. You're okay with this when you talk about water. Oh, I get it. Yes, immerse, plunge, hallelujah. But listen, change the substance. By Sunday night, you came all the way out here in the dark and the cold. Might as well enjoy it, okay? Change the substance, but keep the experience. This is John the Baptist saying this. He said, you know how I immerse, I plunge, I sink you in water for washing to be overwhelmed. You are overwhelmed by this water. And in this experience, you recognize there's a cleansing and there's there's a transitioning in your life. There's a change that happens. You are identifying with a new reality. He said, I do that with water. But there's somebody coming who's going to do something with you, with the Holy Spirit, and this has never been done before. (laughs) Never been done. Only one. Bless his name. Come on, you just got to bless his name. Stop right now. Bless his name. Bless his name. Bless his name. Bless his name. The name above all names. The name above all names. The name above all names. Bless his name. Bless his holy name. People say, you Pentecostals, you get so excited about the Holy Spirit, you forget about Jesus. That's impossible. The Holy Spirit makes us more passionate about Jesus. Bless his name. Bless his name. Jesus, John the Baptist said, there's one. (laughs) Oh, my. (coughs) I got to take a drink. John the Baptist said, there's one. Somebody say, there's one. Oh, boy, there's the Bible makes you happy, doesn't it? There's one coming. Just one. One man, one, there's one coming who's going to do something that no one before him could ever do. 
and no one after him will ever be able to do. There's one coming who will, who will use the, it's the same kind of experience, immersion, plunging, washing, total saturation, totally being totally overwhelmed with something. But it's not water. It's with the Holy Spirit. It's with God himself. The very holiness of God, the very life of God, the very presence of God, God the Holy Spirit. There's one who will baptize you in the very Spirit of God. <laughs> There's one. That's why he's coming. John the Baptist said That's, this is what he's coming to do. He's coming to immerse you. It's his passion. It's his purpose. See, I thought it came to forgive sin. Yes, absolutely to forgive sin. Why? So he could get his spirit in you. He's got to get that junk out of the way. He's got to get the other stuff out of the way. He's got to give you a new nature. He's got to cleanse you, cancel you, all of that stuff for this specific reason. So he could baptize you. So he could immerse you. So in, it's a comparison, but a contrast. Same type of experience, totally different substance. But in the same way, hmm, I don't know, you're awfully big for me to try this. Okay, come here, younger. Oh, dear God in heaven, no. No, I don't have that much faith. Okay, this is going to be hard. I need you to work with me, okay? If I'm going to baptize Jeremy, come on, stay with me here. If I'm going to baptize Jeremy, he's going to have to do what? He's going to have to let me. He's going to have to lay into my hands, isn't he? He's going to have to lean into me. He's going to... Oh, you're a very good job. Okay, he's going to have to lean. Sometimes there needs to be two of us, hallelujah, Okay? Oh, you're doing all right. <laughs> Listen, he's going to have to lean into me. He's going to have to, metaphorically, of course, he's going to have to surrender to me. He's going to, that's the way it works. Nobody baptizes themselves. I mean, that's weird. Maybe it's happened, but it's not supposed to. Nobody says, la, 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 I'm baptized. Unless you're a kid and you're playing. I get it. You know, I'm, I'm sure my wife probably, she practiced every kind of church when she was little. She got her sisters slain in the spirit often. Yeah, all the time. They went out. But uh, nobody baptizes. You get baptized by surrendering yourself into the hands of another who immerses you into another, into the substance. Right? Thank you. And in the same way, spirit baptism is I'm immersing myself in, I'm surrendering myself into the hands of Christ. And the Lord Jesus plunges me into his spirit. I can't do it myself. I can't dunk, dunk myself. I need somebody to do it for me. And there's only one who can. Oh, let's praise his name. Can we do it? Let's praise his name. 
Water baptism is this visual comparison. It's a, it's a comparison, but a contrast. John the Baptist said it. Then in Acts chapter 1, Jesus says it to his disciples. He said, for John baptized with water. But, so he's making comparison again. But you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. He's talking to people who had been baptized in water and was telling them that there was a, another experience for them. Now, we've talked about this. The baptism with the Spirit is, a, is, a, is an experience with the same Spirit that came into us at salvation, that brought us a regeneration, that, gave, that brought the very life of God, that being born again. John chapter 3 means we're being born of the Spirit. He's the same spirit that gave us new life. Jesus just said there's an, ex there's an experience with the same spirit that is sequential and significant. And it looks like water baptism. But it's in the spirit. Jesus tells his disciples this. Then, fast forward, it happens again, it's repeated again. In Acts chapter 11, when Peter is, is giving a report to the, to the elders in Jerusalem, this is another great passage for us to remember that apostle doesn't mean boss. Peter was an apostle, but he got summoned to the bosses. <laughs> the elders said, yo, you got some explaining to do. So they summoned him to Jerusalem. They said, we understand you went to the house of a Gentile. As if somehow that was not biblical, even though Jesus said, go into all the Gentiles, go into all the ethnos. They, you know, it's funny how people don't read all the Bible. Isn't that funny how they used to do that? <laughs> Silly people. <laughs> and Peter's, de Peter's death defense was, he said, look, I... I went there, and I, all I did was proclaim the gospel. And then in, in verses 15 and 16 of chapter 11, he said, And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. Everybody say, fell upon them. Yeah. Fell upon them, just as he did upon us at the beginning. He's reminding all these elders of their, of their shared experience in the second chapter of Acts. He says that in the 10th chapter, essentially, these Gentiles had the very same experience. And then verse 16 said, Peter said, Then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he used to say, and that's interesting, the NASBSB, he used to say. It's almost as if Jesus said it more than once. I need to look that up. <coughs> how he, he used to say, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Peter understood this, this encounter at the household of Cornelius when the Holy Spirit fell upon them and they heard them all giving expression to that experience by, by speaking in other tongues, that, that tongues isn't the baptism, but it was an expression that followed the baptism. They said, oh my goodness, they've had the same experience we have. They've been baptized in the Spirit. Wow. So again, Spirit baptism is compared to Meaning it is an actual, literal experience. It's just, in a, it's just with a different substance. The substance of God himself. 
They are not the same experience, but they are both important and they are both expected. When we baptize people in water, we pray and we expect that the Holy Spirit will meet them in the waters of baptism. I, I, you say, what do you mean by that? I just do. I just mean it's got to be more than just getting wet. I have every, I have every, I have every expectation uh, and I have every hope that in, when people are baptized in water that I, I mean, Jesus, Jesus opened the way for them. He was baptized in water and came out praying and the Holy Spirit fell on him like a dove and there's voices. Hey, let's have it. Let's have it all. I have every expect, in fact, I have every expectation that they can have a, a, if they haven't ever experienced the person of the Holy Spirit, I have every expectation that they can and should in the waters of baptism. Why not? Amen. But, I, but, but, the, but, but these baptisms are not the same. They, can, they are sequential. They can be almost concurrent, but they're not the same. And that's just, I have no problem believing that. I, we encourage that. These are, but Acts chapter, but there are passages in the scripture that help us understand that these baptisms are not the same by default. They are not, let me say this, they are not automatically concurrent. They can be. Why not? Looking for somebody to help me out here. They can be concurrent. Why not? Amen. But in Acts chapter 8, we know that Philip goes to, the, to, goes to Samaria, and he has a wonderful revival. There's the lame are walking, the blind are seeing, people that are demonized are being set free. It is absolute chaos. It's a, it is a fantastic evangelistic crusade. People come to faith, and they're baptized in water. They're baptized in water. So they're... They are people are confessing Christ, they're experiencing the miraculous, they're getting delivered from the demonic, and they're baptized in water. How many would say that's pretty good church? I mean, we'd be happy. That's a great church. You, yeah, that's something that you write, you write the district about that. There's, there was probably, I mean, Twitter was just going blowing up that day, right? And yet Peter and John arrive at Samaria. And they recognize, and without explanation, they, they recognize that the, the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon them. Though they had experienced these, 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 all of these signs that are, that are concurrent with salvation, and they're baptized in water, there was still a baptism that they had not yet experienced in Samaria. And so they place their hands on them, and, they are, and they are, the Holy Spirit comes upon them, and, and, and there's apparently something very visual, something very, very marvelous, something very experiential, that, that, that Simon the sorcerer says, I've, I thought I've seen it all, but now I've seen something so blessed, I want to pay for that. Now, of course, that story didn't end out well. You know, we, and we've taught on this before. I'm not going to go into the apologetic of, of expression following experience tonight. But it is sufficient to say we see in Acts that in Acts 8 that, there, that these people have been baptized in water and yet it was not by default. There was not an automatic experience with the Spirit. There still had to be apparently some instruction or some encouragement or some direction for that to happen at, at, in Acts 8. Now in Acts 10, it's switched. In Acts 10, Peter shows up at Cornelius' house, and we talked about this uh, two months ago, or whatever it was, last month. He's talk, he goes through all, he goes through the apostolic PowerPoints, which is Jesus Christ, anointed, right? Crucified, raised from the dead, <laughs> judge, forgiveness. He gets to the fifth point, and kaboom! 
As soon as it gets to the fifth point of forgiveness, kaboom, the Holy Spirit falls on everybody in the household of Cornelius, and they all begin to speak in other tongues. And that's when they say, well, it looks like they got the same Holy Ghost we did. Come on, say same Holy Ghost. And then they say, well, if they got the same Holy Ghost, they, we, we, they certainly can't be prevented from being baptized in water. If they were the same, they could have said, well, look at that. Two in one. So they are both important, and they are both expected. Amen. I would say ideally, ideally it appears the normal pattern. You know, the, the, the scripture really speaks to us in terms of ideals. The, the ideal doesn't always happen for us in the way that it's presented, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't expect the ideal. Amen. You understand, right? The ideal is, is, is out there for us to, to aim at. So that we're not just aiming helter-skelter, whichever, right? So we're aiming. It appears that normally, or someone say normally, normally one will precede the other. Normally. It appears that way. Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Peter said to the crowd, they said, hey, oh no, what must we do to be saved? We're panicking. They were cut to the heart by the conviction of the Holy Spirit after the day of Pentecost. And Peter responded to them. And when they said, well, what should we do? He said, Repent. You know what? Parenthetically, can I just say it again? I'm, I'm going to insist on us being more of a fan of that word. I, it's been dumbed down a bit. People have extracted it out of the context and simply defined it by a dictionary, which means to think again. And they're just saying, you know, Jesus, you know just, just kind of give some fresh thought to life. That's not what repent means at all. No, it's much more drastic than that. It's not, a, it's not a self-effort. It's not a, it, it is a total surrender. It's a total rejection of life before. If you come to Christ and just, and just continue to live as you used to, you haven't repented. Yeah, you haven't repented. You haven't. You haven't done what it says to do. You've said, oh, I like the idea of getting my sin forgiven and going to heaven, but I also like the idea of living the way I used to. Well, then you wonder why the church acts irrelevant, because it's made itself irrelevant by, not, by, by making itself no different. It's kind of like that saying, if salt loses its saltiness. Well, that's not what we're talking about tonight. <laughs> Peter said, repent. What should we do? Repent. You can say repent and smile, because no one ever, listen, 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 listen. No one ever repented and felt sad about it after. Not one person, not one person repented. It was like, oh, man, I'm so sorry I repented. No, every person that genuinely repented, found they found themselves rejoicing. Repentance is like, oh, here, you want to come into this joy room? It's a gate through of repentance. Sometimes there's tears on the way. That's okay. You can feel bad about the life you used to have. You could, but most of the time, you're just overwhelmed by the mercy of God. But ain't nobody who ever repented felt sad about it later. So you can smile. Repent. You can smile and say, you don't have to repent. (laughs) Repent. And each one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. The idea is, it's still, they carried it through. Oh, 
I'm being forgiven. It doesn't mean that those waters forgive me, but they, they, it is a public expression. Listen, listen, listen. These baptisms have, experiences have expression. Let us, let's settle down on some theologians in the room. Experiences find, have expression. The experience of, of identifying with Christ and being forgiven of my sin has an expression. And the experience of being immersed in the Spirit also has ongoing expression. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Peter just, he, he's not saying you earn it. He's just saying that, I, that it, 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 it's normal that one will follow the other. They, they, they didn't really understand the idea. I don't think they did. They didn't really present or practice this idea that being saved was something that you do with everyone's eyes closed. And you filled out a card and didn't tell anybody, but guess, but, but somehow in the secret CIA of heaven, you got saved. The top secret envelope was passed uh, through eternity, and somehow angels didn't even look, but somehow God the Father sees, oh, good, this guy got saved. Don't tell anybody. Because he's an American and wants to keep his life private. Hallelujah. Offerings for public too, but we didn't talk about that. No. If you wanted to receive what Christ paid for you to have, you did so publicly. And the first thing you did was you got baptized. That was the way. That was the every head bowed, every eye closed, raise your hand thing was go get in that water in front of everybody and confess Christ. And then you might die. You might lose your life, your family, your house. You might lose everything, but you'll gain everything back. That's a good trade. Be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. So that's what they understood. So in other words, it wasn't that this was a, a, a reward. This was how this was the expression that you ex- of your experience. Be baptized for the forgiveness, and you will receive. Someone say you will receive. You will receive. Come on. You will receive the gift of the Spirit. Everybody with me again. You will receive the gift of the Spirit. Come on, everybody out loud with me. You will receive the gift of the Spirit. Nobody gets left out. Nobody. Now, listen, I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but I know that I'm a classical Pentecostal, and so I talk like one, and I don't apologize for that, but I recognize there are people that don't always agree with me, but you love me anyway. But here's what I see. It doesn't say, you all get baptized in water. Okay, we agree with that. And then some of you might receive a gift. Just the crazy ones. Acts 19, something interesting happens in, in, uh, in uh, uh, Ephesus. Is that right? Right? Uh, Ephesus, yeah. And, uh, and, and Paul shows up there, and once again, he says, you know, something's missing. And, and having, he, he asks the question, having believed, did you receive? And you don't, if you care about it a lot, it's an aorist participle, which means it happens before the main verb. And so having believed, did you receive? So the believing came, comes before the receiving. He said, you did believe, but having believed, did you receive something after you believed? 
not consequentially or because or at the same time of believing, but having established that you believe, did you, have, did you experience something after believing? Did you receive the Spirit after you believed? And they said, uh, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? And so he explains to them something he, and, he sa- and, and talks to them about the Spirit, and he says, and then he baptizes them again. I'm not sure what that means exactly, but he baptizes them in water. It's the only time that we really see people get baptized again in water. But they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Spirit came on them, and they began speaking with tongues and prophesying. So what, all I'm saying in those two passages is that it seems to be ex- normal-ish that one comes before the other, but of course, it doesn't have to. Isn't it wonderful when the Bible's absolutely clear? <laughs> it's, see, this is sort of normal, doesn't have to be, okay? The or, in other words, but the, the order is, therefore isn't necessary, it's, it's not required, but both of these baptisms are important, and they are expected. We must not diminish the value of either one. We, must, we, sh- we should embrace the sanctity, the reverence, and the power of each of them. We should, have ex- we should have holy expectations that accompany both of them. Amen. So tonight, we're going to observe both. We're going to celebrate both. Here's a clue, though. Here's a fun clue. Here's a little bonus. There's no command in the Scripture that says you should just keep getting baptized in water. A lot of people... A lot of people have experiences in their, and younger in life and they come to a realization or they come to a renewal in their life and they want to be baptized in water as an expression of what's going on. But that's different. The Bible doesn't say you should keep getting baptized in water like do it every other week. It doesn't say that. With that baptism. Oh, for a Hammond organ in the room right now. It doesn't say you should get dunked in water often, but it does describe and prescribe that you should get, if you will, dunked in the Holy Spirit all the time. This is the, the spirit baptism isn't a one-time thing that you did in 1904. No, no, it happens all the time. Over and over and over. It happened. They were quickenings, constant quickenings described in the book of Acts. And, and even Paul himself in Ephesians 5.18 simply says, be being filled with the Spirit. Let this be an ongoing experience in your life. Isn't that wonderful? So again, comparison, but they're different. They have similarities, but they're not the same. There we go. Similar, but not the same. Finally, an alliteration I can be happy with. <laughs> Took me all night to get there. Similar, but not the same. 